Hey everyone, it's Jeff from MCS Mag, and welcome to podcast episode number 251. This week we take a deeper dive into a critical skill that you'll need for surviving a real gunfight. Yet it's one that very few people ever train in, and that's shooting on the move. And to help us out, we have a new instructor in our network to introduce you to, and it's all coming right up. But first, don't forget to grab this week's free show notes, including a handy-dandy one-page cheat sheet covering all the main points. All you need to do is go to www.mcsmagazine.com slash 251 and download it all absolutely free. And now, let's talk tactics. Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Shooting on the move. You usually hear about it discussed in hushed tones as an advanced shooting skill. And maybe that's why not many people actually train to shoot while moving. Instead, they stand there and plink away at paper targets and think wrongly that this is preparing them for a real gunfight. Now, this kind of thinking creates a dangerously false sense of security in shooters who think they are prepared for an armed attacker, but who really aren't. There's another problem, though, and that is that even though some of the instructors who claim to teach shooting on the move are really just having lines of shooters move slowly toward or away from targets. Now, this may be a skill builder, but it's not teaching you what you really need to know to shoot while moving and to stay alive while some thug is trying to put a bullet in you. So what do we need to learn about training to shoot on the move? What's the best way to develop these skills? And are we honestly kidding ourselves as to whether this is a skill set the average shooter can develop? Those are just some of the questions we're here to answer today. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat and Survival Magazine and executive director of the New World Patriot Alliance with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face your role as a protector and a patriot. And with me today is firearms instructor and a new addition to our training network, Salvatore De Janeiro, who's going to fill us in on the nuances of shooting while on the move. Salvatore, welcome to the program, man. Thanks, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Awesome to have you here. I've been checking out your stuff lately, your, uh, your articles on your website. I love it. They're right, right in line with what we're looking at, what we preach about here. So I think I'm really looking forward to this because I don't think we've ever covered this topic before on the podcast. Um, listen, everybody, Salvatore is a firearms instructor, IDPA shooter, and a lifelong practitioner of the concealed carry lifestyle who strives to serve as a conduit of reliable information to the masses of responsibly armed citizens out there. Now, he's a contributing author for USA Carry, Concealed Nation, Self-Defense Prescription, The Truth About Guns, and his own blog, Reflex Handgun. Now, Salvatore is also an active defender of the Second Amendment, and his political writing has been published in The National Interest, The Western Journal, American Thinker, The Bull Elephant, and other media outlets. To learn more about Salvatore and his training, you can go ahead and visit him online at www.reflexhandgun.com. All right, Salvatore, let's go ahead and get into this. Um, so, so is shooting on the move just an action movie fantasy, or is it a skill that we can expect to develop? I mean, I, mean, I guess what I'm asking is, like, how important is this in, in the aspects in the di- of the dynamics of, like, a real gunfight and its application to, like, real-world tactics? Yeah, so it actually is done in the real world. The vast majority of time that we're seeing it being done, it's done ineffectively. So, you know, as far as saying how highly we should prioritize it, it's probably not the top priority, but it's a skill set that that we should we should practice Um, where where we see it, uh, especially in the civilian self-defense world, which, you know, to this point in my life, I've seen thousands and thousands of videos of real fights that have happened, as I'm sure you have. 
and all of your listeners who are into this, you know, when, when we watch those things, you'll find most often when people shoot on the move, uh, it's, it's done very haphazardly. The vast majority of especially civilians who get into gunfights, of course, are not, are not very well trained. Mm -hmm. So I have seen a small fraction of surveillance videos that have shown better trained people shoot on the move much more effectively. So it can be done in certain circumstances. I think it is absolutely uh, the best tactic to use. So I would say it's definitely something you should practice. Well, and the other thing I think is that, um, you know, there are things that we're in control of and there are things that we're not in control of, right? And the body, all, the body doesn't want to get shot. It doesn't want to stand there and just wait for somebody to, to plug away at you. So, you know, I think this is one of those things that are um, like under stress, like under a real attack, you know, your body's going to want to do these things. Like it doesn't want to necessarily stand there and just battle things out. So, so the movement, no matter how small it is, is going to be a lot different, I think, than, than you would normally see down at, like what you train for down at the local range, right? Yeah, absolutely. And if, if, one thing you will find is universal. When gunfights start, everybody's moving. So that being the case, you know, to your point, that's going to play to our natural instinct of getting off the X of whatever that danger is. Yeah. So um, where really the debate comes in is how we're moving and shooting. Are we moving somewhere first and then shooting, et cetera? And, and we can go more into that. But absolutely, people move once the danger starts. Yeah. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, Salvatore, when it comes to <laughs> comes to actually doing it, right, um, I think a lot of people just figure, well, okay, I'm doing the same thing down at the gym or down at the gym. <laughs> Down at the, I haven't seen the gym in too long. Um, <laughs> Me neither. Yeah. The people down at, the, down at the shooting range, like just assume that, okay, I just do this while I'm, while I'm moving and that it's not that hard. And most ranges aren't going to let you really do this anyway. They're pretty much just stationary lanes. So I don't think people have a lot of exposure really to what happens like in order to be able to shoot on the move, like when your body says, no, we're moving, like we need to get the hell away from this bad guy here and we need to defend ourselves ourselves at the same time. And so because more people aren't training it and they don't necessarily understand the dynamics of it, there's a lot of room in there for people to get things wrong when it actually comes time to be able to do it, whether that's in training or whether it's in an actual fight. So let me ask you from, from your training people and as well as the things that you've seen in videos, the analysis that you've done, what are the biggest mistakes that you see people making because they're either not trained enough or trained wrong or, or not trained at all? Yeah, so there's, as far as the training that is done, the vast majority of the, you know defensive pistol courses that are offered don't really teach it the way that it, it should be taught. Part of that is just liability and instructors being scared to get people really moving dynamically. You know, so what you'll most often encounter is the side step and that sort of thing. You know, a person takes a couple steps to the side and then actually plants and shoots. And that in itself is a good tactic that has been done in the real world successfully quite a bit. But uh, as far as actually moving, there's a lot of misconception about it. And the way that training is typically conducted, people are just not familiar with it. So, um, the the actual dynamics of of shooting on the move actually you can do that quite successfully but it has to be specifically practiced i have a background in competition shooting and in competition you do it quite often mm -hmm. you know so like any other skill the more you do it the better you will get at it 
But what people have to understand is that there's a balance. The faster you actually move, the more that's going to deteriorate any kind of downrange accuracy. Mm. So, you know, if we go for a full out sprint, realistically, we're not going to be able to hit much. Although you can actually move faster than most people presume and still make hits. And there's specific mechanics involved in doing that um that correctly which you know i i can discuss as 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 you want jeff just let me know what you want to go into yeah yeah definitely and i think that you know also when you think about it when people just start when there's this assumption that okay i can defend myself with a gun and you and the body is moving and you just start plugging Mm -hmm. away like you're responsible for every single one of those bullets so if it's a spray and pray sort of, you know, that's not really a technique, but I think it's more of like the, uh, just, you know, just the panic of being in an attack and just, okay, you're moving and you're just kind of desperately trying to send lead that way. Um, people really, I think need to understand also that there's a legal aspect to it where it's not going to matter if you're in a courtroom because you tried to defend yourself, but you hit an innocent bystander. Um, I think people, you know, they, they need to understand they are responsible for each one of those rounds, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, what, what really has to happen is you have to practice the technique and that allows you to eventually determine how quickly you can be moving and still making those shots. Because really the decision is going to come down to, do you want to make hits while you're moving mm-hmm. or is the top priority to move so fast that you get preferably to a point of cover? So that may be the tactic, a bursting sprint to a point of cover and then firing from that position. Yeah. And it's kind of that debate that actually has led to uh, the, the misconceptions, really, yeah. with, with shooting on the move. And to be honest, a, a lot of the misconception comes, believe it or not, out of the military. So, you know, a lot of the lead thinkers in this craft are ex-Special Forces guys and combat veterans. And they will tell you, most of them will tell you, that in their experience, they did not, they did very little, if any, shooting while moving, but they did a lot of moving from one position to another and then shooting from position, you know, and you're a combat vet. I, I don't know if that syncs up to your experience as well, but that's the most common military experience I've heard. And of course, we have to realize, though, that experience on a battlefield does not directly translate to what happens in the war. Walmart parking lot at three o'clock in the morning, you know, so there, there may be some differences for different tactics. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point because I mean, that, that leads to kind of one of the misconceptions also is that if you can find this training out there, which is oftentimes not really, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to find this kind of training, but when you do, if you're dealing with like a military type instructor, that's going off of like battlefield type principles that it very, it it could be different and they might not even realize the difference because they're so programmed into like a military response for things. So I'm definitely going to, I'm going to want to dig deeper into this a little bit more because that is a a common, um, you know, kind of a challenge within the industry is, you know, what is the best method like that? So I'm definitely going to ask you more about that. Uh, Listen, everybody, we've been talking with Salvatore DiGennaro of reflexhandgun.com about developing your ability to shoot on the move in a real gunfight. And we have a lot more in store for you, including the tactical ABCs of integrating your stationary shooting skills with with the dynamics of moving during attack. Uh, choosing the best movement strategy, shooting while moving versus sprint to cover and then shoot, as we've been talking about here. And finally, we'll leave with a practical training drill that you can do to nail down this critical skill right away. All that more coming right up, but first, check out this special message. What if everything you knew about how to stop a violent attacker with your gun 
was wrong. Discover the advanced tactics you must know now to protect yourself and those you love with a firearm. Check out our free book, Stopping Power Secrets. Inside, you'll find such no-hold-barred shockers as 1. The three most common myths and misinformation shoveled out by movies and gun-range know-it-alls that could get you killed in a real-life gunfight. 2. The cold, hard truth about your personal weapon's ability to be a one-shot man-stopper. 3. What coroners know about selecting the right ammo for your firearm that you don't. 4. And the simple training trick used by Abrams tank crews and commercial airline pilots that will prepare you for a real attack even better than your best day at the range. Don't place your family's safety in the hands of Hollywood fairy tales and hearsay. Claim your free copy of Stopping Power Secrets now, now. at www.stoppingpowersecrets.com. And now, back to the show. Okay, we're back with Salvatore De Janeiro of reflexhandgun.com, talking about tactics that you can use right away to develop your ability to shoot on the move in a real gunfight. Well, now is where we get into the really juicy how-to details. So let's go ahead and jump back into our interview now. So, so let's go ahead and get into this, Salvatore. I mean, what, when we're talking about shooting on the move, you said that there are some core principles really like of, of actually getting this right and, and overcoming some of the myths and, and mistakes that people are making either and from, from formal instruction they're getting or just kind of seeing things online or winging it themselves. So what are like the major component skills that would help somebody to be able to shoot on the move more effectively? So if you actually want to maintain accuracy while you're moving, the key to it is you actually need to be moving forward. So that's the first point of confusion. A lot of people will try to sidestep while moving. The other thing you definitely want to avoid is backpedaling, okay? Uh, because guaranteed when people walk backwards, they fall. We see it over and over and over again in real fights as well as <laughs> on the range. That's a good way to get yourself kicked off the range is do that. Uh, but, you know, you don't want to backpedal. And the sidestepping motion introduces so much bounce to the body that's very hard to maintain any kind of accuracy. So the way to think about it is probably as kids, we've all done that game where you're in a race where you're holding a spoon with an egg on it and you can't drop the egg. Uh, it comes to mind because my kids just did that at their school <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, right? So if you look at what your body does naturally, you're lowering your center of gravity to minimize the vibration and the movement of your hand, essentially. Think of when you have maybe an overflowing cup of coffee. How do you walk with that? If you sidestep, guaranteed you'll spill it. So if you lower your center of gravity and you move forward, you can actually, with practice, do it pretty quickly. But basically, you're pedaling so that you're moving uh, uh, heel to ball very smoothly and minimizing then the movement of your upper body. So really, you know, when it comes to shooting in general, uh, a lot of people talk about shooting stance. I think more instructors are going to the term shooting platform, and that's what I use because really it doesn't matter what the lower body is doing. Mm -hmm. You know, you, we're never in a fight. Nobody's ever in a perfect shooting stance anyway. What we want to do is we want to get the upper body in the best platform possible to make accurate hits. So when you're moving, you have to be moving forward because that's how our body is designed to move. So that's, that's really the overriding principle. And as far as assessing how effectively you can do that and how fast you can actually move while maintaining the accuracy you need is really a matter. You just have to get out and do it. Yeah. Interesting. Well, this brings up like another, um, this brings up kind of the challenge within the industry, I think of, of, of basically underlying philosophy. Like, is it better to 
to shoot on the move or is it better to get to your position as quickly as possible, like a position of cover? Because we know that cover is a, is a critical like life-saving factor, right? Like when you got something, a barrier that's going to stop bullets in between you and a bad guy, like that's awesome. That's, that gives you the ability to, um, you know, kind of gain your composure, figure out your attack, be able to, you know, avoid, well, let's say avoid getting shot. Right. So yeah, right, right. if you're out in the open, you have, you always have that, uh, that opportunity to get shot there. So, um, so what, what do you recommend? Like, is it better to, if you're in your, I mean, we always talk about ambush attacks. So if you're ambushed, is it better to um, be able to shoot on the move as you're trying to get away from this person? Or is it better just to focus in on sprinting and just hoping that, I mean, most people couldn't hit a moving target anyway. So is it better just to run to your position as quickly as possible so you get some cover and then start your attack from there? Right. So realistically, I think it's situational dependent. Uh, and yeah. when guys come down hard line on one or the other, I think that's where they're, they're off the rails with it. So there's been actually some pretty reputable guys who have said shooting on the move is not needed. Uh, I, I, one well-known gunfighter actually made the argument that criminals are notoriously so poorly trained that he's just as likely to hit you if you're moving or not. <laughs> the thing is, in all the force-on-force -force training that I've done and seen done, there is a very quantifiable uh, reduction in the hits that you take if you're moving. So, you know, it's going to be situational dependent. Uh, if you walk around uh, the corner into an alley and there's two guys with guns drawn on you, realistically, if you jump back behind that brick wall, that's probably the best tactic you can employ, right? You wouldn't want to stand in the open and draw a gun and move and that sort of thing. But, you know, we've seen a number of incidents where guys have been caught in the worst possible predicament, just being caught absolutely in the open. Uh, a few years ago, I think it happened in Kyleen, Texas, uh, that retired police officer, he shot and killed those two terrorists who showed up to some art exhibit or something. And uh, they got out of their cars with rifles. He had nowhere to go. He actually moved and closed the distance with them and killed them both with his handgun. So, you know, he, he had nowhere to go. He had no cover. So obviously in a situation like that, not only did he move, he actually closed distance to try to close that gap between rifle and handgun. Obviously, that's a bad position to be in. So it's entirely uh, dependent on the circumstances. Ultimately, if we're moving, we want to get to cover. Uh, you know, that that is the ultimate <laughs> solution. But, you know, depending on the circumstances, maybe we don't have that ability. And if we don't, obviously, if we're just sprinting around, that is not going to save us. The only thing that's going to save us if we have no cover is we have to neutralize Right. So I think in a situation like that, that's where well-controlled movement, even if it's not as fast as a flat out run, but at least movement and accurate fire, that's what's going to save your life. Yeah. And I can totally see also, um, cause I'm a big proponent of taking the fight to the, the, to the attacker, you know, and whether it's hand to hand or whatever it is, I just feel like, you know, fast, decisive action, you can overwhelm the enemy, pretty quickly um, because they're not expecting a fight typically, right? Like they, bad guys don't want to get into a gunfight, right? They just want your money or whatever it is. So, um, so I always feel like what they don't know, cause, cause they are like, the odds are always with them. Like they already know you're the, you're the target. They've got the element of surprise, like all the advantages seem to be with them. So especially like you're, you're talking about that, that instance where the guys in the open, there's really no cover anyway. Um, I always feel like if you're pressing forward 
it throws them off their game anyway. I believe, I mean, I've just, and again, it's all, like you said, it's all situationally dependent, right? Yeah, but, and, but what you say, there, yeah. there's a growing movement with guys in the know towards that. Um, because traditionally the idea of closing with the enemy has been a no-no because distance always aids the better trained shooter, obviously. Uh, the issue though that you'll see happen, like in that case, like the incident in Texas, he was armed with only a handgun and he's up against two adversaries with rifles. Yeah. So no amount of training is going to offset the dramatic superiority of, of a rifle in hand, right, over distance. So I think a, a situation like that, he did exactly the right thing. Uh, he was obviously, he, he was highly trained, that particular uh, officer, you know, and he, he did the right thing. So back to your point, situationally dependent. So the, the only thing I can suggest is to know how to do both and, and to make two distinctions, okay? And you can do that in training, okay? I'm going to train to controlled movement, accurate fire, or I'm going to train for that bursting movement to a point of cover and then roll out from the cover to engage. Yeah, and I wonder how much of it is dependent also on the on the person's natural response also. Because I mean, we, you know, we're talking about the, all of this stuff in the real like I'm in my office, you're in your office. Like it's all relaxed right now, right? But like I know, like even just from my hand-to-hand training, whenever I'm sparring with somebody, um, I, I know that there there are certain people that I spar with that they like to like stay on the outside and like look for their opportunity. And for me, like when it's go time, I'm like, I'm doing the 40 yard dash down their throat. Right. It's just my nature. Like, that's how I, that's how I fight. That's how I fight with a gun. That's how, like, I've, I, I've always just been one to just like go straight in, but, but not, but I think that's more my psyche. I think that's just the way, like the nature of what I do. Um, And not everybody is necessarily like that. So again, I think that the critical part here is the training part of it, right? To find out where, where are you accurate? Where, what can you do to develop the skills? What is your natural um, response to um, that ambush type of attack and, and what would you do and sort of thing. So I think the best way to end this really is to give people some practical, a practical way that they can put these strategies, like some of the tips that you're talking about and put them into something that they can train with safely and realistically that will give them at least that starting part there of, of being able to develop that skill for themselves. So do you have something that you can leave if, if that somebody can use for a training drill, preferably something that maybe they don't have to come down to a, a live range that will let them, you know, scurry all over the place like a mouse with a, yeah, with yeah, a loaded absolutely. handgun. You know, mo- most indoor ranges, you're not going to have the opportunity. To yeah. do and uh, so you want to inevitably try to get out a few times and do live fire doing it. But the majority of it really can be honed in dry fire. Uh, one great exercise you can do, and this works especially well if you have a laser that you can put on your, uh, your handgun, is just in dry fire practice that forward motion and when you do it um it's been pretty well proven that the most effective way to move is not directly on obviously but not at at uh, a 90 degree angle either um for example if you were looking at a clock and you were standing in the center of the clock and the bad guy is at 12 o'clock the angle that's very effective to move is you're moving more towards 10 or even 10 30 rather than say nine o'clock directly off to your side. And uh, it's, it, it's been shown that that actually makes it harder for the other guy to track you. And it also mm-hmm. puts you in a better position to make more accurate fire because you're still tur- tur- turned to some degree towards uh, the target. So practice that kind of moving and especially with, with uh, a laser on the pistol, you know, you can do n- nothing other than 
practice keeping that laser on a light switch or something and see what kind of movement you're getting based on how fast you're moving. So then when you bring that to live fire, you know, you can really gauge, okay, how quickly can I be moving and still making these hits? And bear in mind that if the threat is um, off to your dominant side, you're going to inevitably have to go to single hand really to make those shots because think of your upper body as a turret, right? So our legs are moving in a straight line, but the upper body is like a tank turret. So off to your support side, you're able to use the typical two-handed shooting grip. But once you get at any kind of angle off to your dominant side, you're really going to have to go to single hand shooting. And that again, throws a whole other level of uh, you know training requirement into it. But you can do that at home. Just, just really study with dry fire how steady you can stay on that target and how fast you can move. And then when you have the opportunity, test it out at the range. And, you know, along with that, I would also train to do that bursting sprint to a point of cover and then roll out and engage from cover because it is pretty much a, a distinctly different uh, skill set that you're trying. But the big thing is get comfortable with the movement and being able to shoot because then you can really determine with confidence in yourself, hey, I know I can move this fast and still make hits. Yeah. Yeah. All good points. All good points. Awesome. Well, that gives people something practical they, they can work with also. Hey, listen, everybody, um, this is this really is like a critical skill. I mean, for all the reasons that we talked about, like your body is going to want to move. It's it's not going to want to stay there. And, 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 and I'm sure we've seen We've seen things where people have moved. We've seen where they've stayed stationary. But all the ones that I've pretty much seen where they're stationary are typically um, they're gunfights where the person was not the the target of the attack. Like it was somebody that maybe saw a robbery happening and had, or the uh, the the person that was robbing the the uh, the convenience store was looking the other way, and it gave you the ability to pull out a gun and hold up a. a a perfectly level platform and take that person out. But when you're the target, when you got somebody like right up in your bad breath zone here and, and looking to this, your body is going to want to move. So this really is like one of the most critical skills for a real gunfight um, that you could possibly actually do. And uh, a lot of real, I mean, the dynamics of it are just, they're very challenging because like Salvatore said, I mean, you're moving backwards in a parking lot. You've got, you have those um, cement, barriers for the parking spaces you have vehicles you have stuff that you can trip over so this really is something you do need to train and not just assume that you can just plink off you know dead bullseyes here while you're sprinting off to the side so definitely go check them out and go check out i've been i've been a real big fan of salvatore's writing now i've been checking out his website um go over there and check it out he's got some great articles in there and they're right in line with a lot of the things that we talk about as well so his website is over at www.reflexhandgun.com and until our next broadcast this is jeff anderson saying prepare train and survive This has been Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.